the Two Lost Trader podcast. We are not financial advisors. Please seek your own independent advice for any stocks or cryptocurrencies you wish to buy and just enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Two Lost Traders podcast today, 25th of November 2021, with me, James Pozo, and my good buddy, Travis Clayton. On today's show, we will give you a rundown of the overnight news and anything that's happened in the markets. Um, we'll go a review of some previous shows. We'll do our to the moon and to the floor segment, find a stock that's had a good hike recently and one that's had a sharp fall. We'll discuss what everyone's talking about on the Hot Copper Forum. Travis will do his crypto wrap. We'll give you a stock for the watch list. Um, and then Trav today is going to do Diamond Hands, a stock that's uh, on the way down, but you should keep on holding. And the last one is our seven-day Beat the Bank interest stock. So stay tuned for today's show. Welcome back, everyone. And as usual, we will begin by talking about what's been happening on the overnight markets and the major financial news that should be shaping events both today and in the short term future. What we've seen recently is US bond yields. They're actually up this week quite significantly. And interestingly, stocks were flat, which is actually a win for stocks because normally when bond yields rise, we're talking about US Treasury bonds. When they rise, we see that stocks tend to struggle and sometimes roll over for a bit of a dip buying opportunity. But that didn't happen this week. In fact, uh, both were either strong or flat. We also saw the yield curve flatten this week as the two year US Treasury bill actually rose more than the 10 and the 30 year. Um, and this is due to the short term risks such as tapering of bond purchases in the US and the threat of rate rises in 2022. And I see just on the Federal Reserve minutes last night that uh, the, the dot plot indicates that the Federal Reserve members believe that we will see one rate rise in 2022 and further after that. So that's actually come forward a little bit in time. Uh, as to whether they can actually do that, we'll have to wait and see. We've also seen this week the US dollar rally um, and it's been a significant rally this week and really should have pushed stocks down uh, as they do tend to work inverse, but that didn't happen. So uh, it's, it's certainly setting up nicely for a rally in stocks in the coming week should the dollar actually roll over US dollar. So we'll wait and see what happens with that one. What's of concern, I guess, that market participants should be paying attention to is the value of the Turkish lira. Um, it looks to be in a little bit of trouble as it uh, falls through the floor. And uh, it looks to me like hyperinflation is likely to get worse in Turkey rather than better. And it's been threatening for quite some time, I'm, I'm talking about two to three years, where the lira has just been tumbling. Um, as an example, in the last five weeks, we've seen the value of gold up 42%. That's just in five weeks. So that's hyperinflationary numbers. Uh, there's also a lot of debate going on in the US between whether we are in fact in an inflationary cycle or a stagflationary cycle. And we've spoken about this in recent episodes. That debate is not over. The US Federal Reserve Bank continues to believe that inflation is transitory and they keep pushing it. 
Uh, they have indicated that maybe it's a little less transitory than first thought, but they do believe that inflation will be reeled in. So uh, given that people are coming back to work, the problem seems to be more of a supply chain issue rather than that of waning demand. So we've got bottlenecks at ports, and uh, we, we are expecting that, that those bottlenecks will subside over the coming months to ease pressure on supply. Now, if in fact those bottlenecks do subside, we should see inflation decrease month on month, and the Fed's position should uh, re relatively remain the same in terms of the reduction in bond purchases. So that's really what's driving markets this week, generally flat, but uh, there are moves going on in the background. Whether you believe in the inflationary story or the stagflationary story, uh, I'll leave that to our listeners to make their own decisions on. All right. Thanks, Trav. Uh, we'll just go over a few of the stocks we've talked about in recent shows um, about what they've been up to since we talked about it. The first one, King West Resources, KWR. Um, we talked about it maybe three or four weeks ago, was waiting on some drill results um, that they've got under Lake Gungari, I believe it's called. Well, they've been really positive. Um, so yeah, hopefully you, you listen to our talk on King West Resources up from 12 cents to 21, um, with more news to come. Um, so good news for holders of KWR King West Resources. Um, what else has been happening on stocks we've talked about recently, Trav? Well, last week we spoke about Tieto Minerals, the gold miner in West Africa. And uh, actually during our podcast, they released an announcement, um, a trading halt in which they raised capital to fund the development of their gold mine. And um, we indicated that it could drop somewhere between the range of 17 to 20% as a result of raising the capital. At the time, we didn't understand or know the, the, the amount of money they were going to raise. That became clear afterwards. But nevertheless, it did pull back from 44.5 cents back to 39 cents and immediately bounced off that, that 39 cent mark and actually finished yesterday at 46 cents. So relatively flat over that one week period. And, you know, with money in the bank, to me, it looks like uh, this looks like a pretty solid level to keep an eye on. And, you know, down the track, as, as the mine begins to take shape and the processing plant begins to get built, I would expect that we'll see share price rise there. What else we got there? We got, uh, oh yeah, brain chip holdings. This is one we covered, I think, three weeks ago, and I really liked the way the chart looked. And, and um, I'm glad I felt that way, because since that time... Brainship Holdings has gone from 48 cents to 61 cents in that period of time. So really nice, healthy profit there if you were to sell today. It has pulled back a little bit. I think it pulled back yesterday off about 64 cents from memory. So um, yeah, nice performance there from Brainship Holdings. And I see that it's also in the most discussed stocks on Hot Copper. So clearly those people who are uh, holders of Brainship Holdings have a lot to talk about there. All right. Awesome. Okay, to our next segment, which is the to the moon and to the floor. Um, our to the moon one today, another one we've talked about, Travis, AVZ Minerals. Uh, you'll remember this is the one with the largest lithium deposit in the world. Six sessions in a row, it was in the green, Travis. Um, has gone from 31 cents when we talked about it in our Beat the Bank a few weeks ago to a high of 73 and a half. Um, just recently, after six sessions in a row in the green, yesterday it was down a couple of pips to 67.5. Um, basically, on the ducks all lining up, there's a 
conference at the moment in the DRC, this in Africa, um, a resources conference where it looks like this license to mine is soon to be signed. Um, so yeah, share has gone up um, with the fact that this lithium deposit will actually be mined and AVZ um, share price has gone up a rocket from 31 to over 70. Uh, to the floor this week is AHI, Advanced Human Imaging. 20% um, down yesterday to 98 cents. Um, seems that a combination of reasons, some missed deadlines. They've done a recent capital raise. Um, and they've also IPO'd on the NASDAQ, which, I mean, for a lot of the time can be a real positive um, that you're going on the US stock exchange. But you have to remember also, it does mean a dilution of shares. Um, so whether that's a combination of reasons, yeah, AHI, Advanced Human Engineering, 20% down. Um, the one positive for them is HSBC have increased their holding in the company. So yeah, when you've got these big institutions buying up, that is a positive, um, but 20% down yesterday, AHI. Um, so that's our to the moon and to the floor for this week. Now, Trev, do you want to get going with what's hot on hot copper? Yes, well, the list, here's the list. I'll read out the list firstly of most discussed stocks. This is as of Wednesday, about 8 p.m., so we've got Brainship Holdings, number one, followed by Race Oncology, Mesoblast, Limited, AVZ Minerals Limited, no surprise there given their recent share performance, Zipco Limited. We've got uh, Arizona Lithium uh, Limited, we've got IOU Pay Limited, and we've got Inconex Healthcare Limited. So we've spoken about a number of these stocks in the past. They seem to keep showing up on the most discussed stocks so rather than repeat ones we've discussed, this week we've decided to take a quick look at uh, Mesoblast. Uh, what was the other ones there? We had Arizona Lithium Limited, IOU Pay, and Inconex Healthcare Limited. Now, just for our listeners, you know, we don't, we don't own these stocks we're going to talk about today, but uh, we did decide as part of the podcast and as part of that entertainment factor that we will take a look at those stocks that are... Uh, being spoken about and, and uh, at least try to apply some of our experience in interpreting, you know, where the company is and what they're about and where they could go from here. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll, we'll start with the first one. Uh, today we're going to go with, uh, what are we going to do first? We'll go with Mesoblast. Now I took, uh, I decided to go with this one here. They're, they uh, released an announcement on their financial results and operational highlights for the first quarter of 2022 financial year. Now currently, as it stands, uh, as of yesterday at market close, the market cap was $1.1 And um, it looks like they've done a, a reasonable job in refinancing and expanding their senior debt facility to $90 million. So that's a positive, um, it's a positive result in a way because you know, you need money to run companies. According to this announcement, though, financial and operating conditions have in fact improved for the company. I looked through the hot copper posts and there were a ton of acronyms in there that I didn't understand the meaning to. I looked a couple of them up, but uh, there were so many that it was very, made actually very difficult to, to get an idea about this business from that perspective. So for Mesoblast, uh, in terms of looking at the share price, 
it's had a pretty tough year this year. Um, it has been baselining since September, uh, ranging between $1.52 and $1.90. Uh, and I think they're at the moment just waiting on FDA approval for one of the drugs that Mesoblast uh, produced. So, you know, if that was to be approved, we could see share price appreciation. I'd be very interested if it got above $1.90. Uh, discussions on hot copper were upbeat, a lot of positive talk, especially given that the stock has been on a downtrend for so long. Often we see when stocks are in a downtrend for a while that the discussions on hot copper become ones of despair. But that's not the case here. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a great deal of potential for Mesoblast. And certainly those who are on hot copper and know much more about the company than I do uh, believe that uh, it's, it's looking promising. So that's uh, Mesoblast. The code for that is MSB. Uh, awesome. The next one we'll talk about is IHL, Incanex Healthcare. Um, this is actually one a friend of mine a few months ago tipped me into this. I wish I'd bought it um, on his tip. He tipped me into IHL and HMD, Heramed. I bought Heramed, um, which has gone well, up 40%. I wish I bought IHL. Uh, from 20 cents not too long ago up to 54 cents. Um, they've had recent regulatory approval for psychedelic-based anxiety treatment. Um, this is what the people on Hot Copper are discussing. Um, the, I guess the technology here is a, it's a chemically, sorry, a natural occurring chemical that's in magic mushrooms. Um, yep, true story, Trav. Um, so yeah, um, it's at a positive response from the FDA. Um, the talk on hot copper is about a potential NASDAQ listing, um, which seems positive. Um, although as we talked about in that previous stock, it could mean a more of a dilution of shares. Um, the listing on the NASDAQ, $28 million worth of shares are being offered. So yeah, more clinical trials um, on the go. Hot coppers talking as they often do about potential takeovers. Um, but yeah, with a share price from 20 cents to 54, not much of a dip recently. IHL, Incanex Healthcare, seem to be kicking a lot of goals. Um, might not be one you've missed out on. I kind of think I've missed out on it, but may, maybe still a good stock to get into. Um, what's the next one they're talking about, Trev? Okay, so next up is IOU Pay. And... The share price has been in a long downtrend, looking at the chart. It was at a high of 85 cents in February this year, and it's gone all the way down to 18 cents uh, today, or as of the close yesterday. Now, look, I'm always worried about these pay-as-you-go options because if you don't make the payments you get charged an incredible amount of interest on whatever you purchased and I, I just wonder whether that's sustainable in the longer run but you know I'm, I'm really just not that familiar with the pay-as-you-go market because I don't specialize in that area however I would say that uh, given it's fallen so far maybe it's a great opportunity to take a look at it I do know that other pay-as-you-go uh, listed ASX stocks have also been struggling uh, of late and um, an example of that would be split payments. I mean, if, you, if you're a, a holder of IOU pay, uh, well, the, the results this year may not be great, but think about SPT or the or split payments. They've, they've uh, really struggled this year. 
I do note too that uh, split payments looks like it's at um, lows that we've not seen for a year and a half. So, you know, is that an opportunity because that would be support? Well, perhaps it is. It's not for me to decide though. So yeah, IOU pay, they'll need to, their market cap at the moment is $107 million. And, you know, obviously that's, that's tanked quite a bit over the last year. So IOU pay, uh, much discussion on hot copper was about the direction of the company, particularly comparing IOU pay with other pay-as-you-go providers. And I think something that uh, one of the posters pointed out, and I agreed with, is that you can't really compare one pay-as-you-go company with another pay-as-you-go company because they are at different stages in their development. So for example, IOU pay really, I think from what I read on hot copper, uh, really focuses just on Australia and getting that business sorted and running and profitable and running effectively. Whereas you take a look at other ones like the Zipco and APT, they've tried to branch outside of Australia and go global. So they're at just, just at different stages. So it's really hard to make comparisons between them. You've got to take each company on its merits and where it's at at the time in its development. So IOU pay, I'd keep an eye on this, you know, of stocks like these that have been trending down for a long time, at some point they turn, you know, and that's that's where the opportunity lies for IOU pay. All right, the last one we're going to talk about, AZL, Arizona Lithium. Um, this one was previously called Hawkstone Mining, um, has changed their name now to Arizona Lithium, AZL. Um, so yeah, they've got this big sandy lithium project. Um, a lot of the talk is about the fact um, that they came out of a trading halt recently um, with outstanding test results. This is one of those very early stage uh, lithium companies. Could be a good entry, this one. Um, looks like Arizona is a friendly state to mining. Um, if you look at um, sort of a competitor of these guys, PLL, Piedmont Lithium, um, they're having some dramas with the local community opposing um, the mine that they want, um, whereas, yeah, Arizona seems to be a very uh, uh, mining-friendly state. Um, looks like it will have low potential production costs and easy transport from where this mine is going to be. Um, the share price has sort of doubled over the last year. Um, so you might think, oh, well, I've missed the boat. But with a lot of these lithium companies, they're up um, four or five, six times. Um, so for the share price to only have doubled in a year might mean that there is some room for more upside with this one. But like I said, early stages, I don't see too many um, off-take agreements or partnerships, which will be the next thing in order to fund the project. So at the moment, they're really just doing testing, um, but the, yeah, the results of the testing are positive. Their market cap currently $200 million dollars. Um, so AZL, yeah, popular discussion talk on Hot Copper this week, Trav. Well, it's great. Uh, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see how, how these things pan out. Hopefully the markets continue to push higher. I think with the US dollar being so so high and the, and the risk of it falling away, that supports stocks. So Arizona Lithium, it could be a good opportunity, particularly um, currency-wise. All right. So do you want to give us our crypto wrap for the week? Well, last weekend, uh, we looked at uh, Bitcoin and we said that the line in the sand was 64,000 US dollars and it breached that on that uh, SEC announcement. We spoke about that last week, so we won't go into it this week. 
But, you know, the trend, really nothing's changed. The trend is the trend, and it has been downwards this week. It's bounced around a little bit. It's had a couple of attempts to rally, but it really doesn't seem to have much strength in the, in the rally at the moment. We, we uh, on the show, declared that we thought support was at around that 53000 US dollar mark for Bitcoin. And uh, at this point, I'm probably going to stand by that. There is an upward trend. If you look at the chart, there is an upward trend that uh, we saw beginning in, what was that, uh, sort of late July, and then we saw another uh, dip opportunity in October. And if we connect those two points and extend that, we find ourselves a little bit short of it today. So that's where we've come up with that 50, 53,000 uh, dollar mark and also the previous uh, resistance in, when was that? That looks like it was in early September before that big one day pullback. So, you know, crypto is hovering around that mark. It really is a waiting game. I said that it would need to regather its momentum before having another go, and I think that's what would happen, what's happening right now. And uh, we will have to see how we go. Some of the other cryptos that we've been keeping an eye on, on the other hand, they range. Some of them are up and some of them are flat, some of them are down. Probably one of the biggest winners that I was aware of for the week was a Voyager coin which I think was up in the range of around about 120% on the week. So it's had an excellent week. Um, other ones that we've got there that have done okay this week uh, since we spoke about them are Oceancoin, Beta. They're probably two coins that I would say have done okay this week. But nevertheless, like nothing's really happening. We need to wait, for, as I said, for that momentum to uh, regather its strength and, and coil and we'll head higher from there. Yep. All right, thanks, Trav. Okay, on to the watch list. Um, I'll start uh, the watch list. I recently got in on this stock uh, this week. I thought 25 cents was a good entry price. It's SOR, Strategics Element Limited. Um, it's a, uh, a company with a few different um, strings to its bow. Um, first one is battery technology. Um, they have got these self charging batteries that they are trying to develop where the battery charges from moisture so humidity in the air charges the battery imagine if that becomes to a full-scale thing to um, amazing technology that a battery can self-charge um, they've also got exploration projects um, drilling for nickel and rare earths they've got robotics um, they're working on drones that can detect movements in the ground. I mean, they've got a number of projects on the go, which is why they're quite an interesting company. And something that's really interesting with this company is that you pay no tax on any capital gains, Trav. Um, that's one thing, you know, you're always trying to, well, it's a good problem to have paying tax, but it's even nicer if you don't have to pay it at all. Um, so this company is in um, a PDF, it's to compensate for higher risks on investing. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a high risk company, um, obviously early stages of lots of the technology, but you pay no capital gains on any tax. So there's a number of these stocks on this PDF list. So have a look at, yeah, the pool development fund list. Um, yeah, this one, SOR. Now, it, very volatile share price. Um, so yeah, currently it's 24 and a half cents. Only a few months ago, got up to a dollar. So yeah, lots of up and downs. Um, I guess one negative I'll throw in there is with so many projects on the go, what does that burn, Trav? 
Cash money. Cash. Yeah. So definitely potential for more capital raising. I just hope that one of these projects really sticks. You know, hopefully it's the it's the self charging batteries. That would be amazing if if they can go into full scale production and and someone signs up to to produce them. Um, so yeah, but just definitely one for your watch list to look at, especially with the no capital gains to pay. S O R Strategic Elements Limited. The idea that a battery can self charge. I mean, that would be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what got me onto them. Okay, well, there you go. I took, uh, this week I've taken a look at uh, Alexium, and uh, the code for that is AJX. The market cap is $54 million. The company's been around for a little while, and they've really been trying to develop their, their range of products. So they started off by producing uh, a chemical that acts as a fire retardant, and it's, it's one of the... The, I think it's one of the only or one of the very few chemicals that can be used as a fire retardant that is that does not damage the environment. So it's ecologically friendly. So they were originally using it in mattresses and pillowcases, things that you might put around the house to um, to really ensure that if there was a fire in the house that the, that you know they wouldn't burn down or contribute to the intensity of the flames. They also have uh, I think. From memory, I'm going on my memory here because I looked into this company a long time ago as well. They had like um, boards that you'd put on the outside of buildings that were also uh, that were also fire retardant in nature, so that if the whole building caught fire, that uh, it would it would slow it or even better stop just not burn. Mm. So they so really really interesting company, but uh, since that time. They've actually grown their range of products that they have produced from these chemicals and also diversified away from those chemicals into other chemicals that have similar characteristics. One of which is called BioCool, which is actually a material, uh, sorry, it's a, it's a chemical you put into textiles and what it does is it helps cool the body. So we're going to, you know, for example, uh, emergency workers' uniforms and things like that, military uniforms, etc. So really interesting to watch. Um, other applications of their products include bedding, I said that earlier, military uniforms, emergency service uniforms, um, and just clothing in general. The price chart has actually been ranging from a low of $0.03 cents to a high of $0.10, cents, and that's since uh, November uh, of 2019, so for quite some time, a very long basing pattern. Now, prior to that, it was also basing, but at a higher price. Uh, eventually, it broke to, um, to the downside on that $0.10 cent mark and it's been stuck below it for two years. Uh, in their latest quarterly announcement, they came out and said that uh, sales and revenue look like they are growing, particularly in their new products, such as that BioCool, uh, AlexaCool, and a few others that they are in production for. I, at this stage, I don't think that I would see it as a, as a buy at this point. It's currently at 8.3 cents, so definitely not at the low end of that range, that three cent mark. But if it was to break above ten cents, then I would I would expect that that uh, that will be the trigger for higher prices at that point, and I suspect that will be on a quarterly announcement in which they announce, you know, probably in order to get it above ten cents, over thirty percent growth in sales and revenue, and hopefully higher because the higher it the higher it is, the uh, the further that the price can gain. So that's one worth putting on your watch list and keep an eye on it. And um, yeah, I like it. All right. 
Thanks, Trav. Uh, now, last week for our segment Diamond Hands, um, I talked about BPH. Um, today, it's over to you, Trav. Now, I'm glad you're talking about this one because as a holder of this stock, I really want you to convince me why I shouldn't be selling because it's been a bit of a dog. Um, but you've got some reasons why we should go Diamond Hands on GMR, Golden Rim Resources. Well, sometimes it takes a long time to develop a mine. And, uh, you know, you can come out with uh, reasonable announcements and the share price can do nothing. Sometimes it can even go, go down a little bit. So uh, with Golden Rim Resources, you know, it's possible that this is the case. Uh, they've been trying to shore up a major gold discovery in both Burkina Faso and in Guinea. So both countries near each other in Africa. Um, near uh, the Burkina Faso uh, tenement they have and resource they have is actually not that far away from West African resources, but two different geological settings. However, for Golden Rim Resources, their most promising prospect is in fact their Kata Gold Mine in Guinea, uh, which is to the west of Burkina Faso in West Africa. This was acquired from Newmont Mining in January of this year, 2021. Uh, Newmont had conducted some drilling and they did identify a resource target and then in comes Golden Rim Resources and since that January period they've been working to try and expand the resource uh, in both sizable, mineable and, and to be a profitable tenement and hopefully mine in the longer run. To date grades have just been okay uh, with examples of in the range of 20 metres at 1.2 grams per tonne and uh, 18 metres at 1.3 grams per tonne. And that's a fairly sort of consistent number they're getting in terms of their drill results. But you'll know, anyone who's, uh, who's into the gold market will know that those grams per tonne numbers are actually relatively low. And on the verge of, you know, whether or not they are in fact uh, mineable in terms of profitability. So they're gonna need to uh, find something a bit better in my mind. These they're very broad, so these broad but low-grade drill results were not enough to get the market excited. And so what's happened over time is as they've spent money drilling out the resource, the price has steadily declined into the low, which looks to me like we, we hit that probably a week or two ago. Um, all right, so the question is, is it worth pursuing holding um, diamond hands, right? Golden Rim Resources recently raised another $6 million to fund further drilling. So you never know what might come of this uh, further drilling. Most of the money will be spent on infill drilling, which is just essentially uh, shoring up the resource and making sure that that consistency we spoke about earlier is in fact there. Um, okay, so they're gonna be doing some uh, drilling for auger and RC drilling. They'll use both those techniques to expand the resource size and get a better idea as to where they should drill further to hopefully get to a maiden jork resource I believe early next year, we're talking about January, February. Now, in terms of the uh, geology, the ground is soft, uh, the bedrock is shallow, so at less than 100 meters on average in depth. So easy to get to, easy to dig. Um, and, you know, gold is there, it's over a large, broad geological area, but it's just a little low in the numbers. Normally the, the, uh, the, the, the go number is about 1.4 grams per tonne on these oxide type uh, geological features. Okay, so 
Easy access, low cost to support their definitive feasibility study coming out next year. Uh, down the track, GMR will need to find where this gold is coming from. You know, we know it's there, the telltale signs are there, but where did it come from? And that's what the hunt is all about. So they're currently exploring to the north and south of their major resource area, which uh, Newmont really initially uh, uh, hit up and, and drilled out, and that seemed to be the hot spot. But it uh, turns out that the resource extends to the north and south. And at this stage, we're talking about 3.7 kilometres to the north, I think that's right, and about 2.4 to the south. So it's quite a large area that they're, that they're interested in. At this point, I would be thinking that uh, we wait and see what happens with these new drill, uh, this new drilling campaign, what the numbers come out at, what the uh, Jork resource turns out to be, and at that point we'll have a better idea as to whether we should actually bail out or stick with it. Cool. Thanks so much for that, Trav. Okay, our last uh, segment today is our seven-day beat the bank. Um, devastating news, two weeks in a row, Trav. You are the winner. I've gone down again. Um, RNU, Renascore Resources, it's going to go up. But, I mean, a few red days in a row with the whole market. Um, 12 and a half cents down to 11. Um, don't uh, lose any sleep with Renascore. It's, it's definitely going to go up with what it's got going on. Uh, but, Trav, you're dancing up and down because Select Harvest, your stock from last week, was $6.79. Currently $7.06. So two weeks in a row, the trophy goes home with you. So um, on to today. Now, after losing two weeks in a row, I'm just going to 100% make sure I don't lose next week. So I've stayed in my wheelhouse um, and gone back to a lithium stock, Trav. <laughs> um, I've gone with VUL, Vulcan Energy. Um, we've talked about it on the show a couple of times. They had the incident with JP Capital shorting them based on not um, believing that that technology was legit. Um, so the share price on based on that really went down from $15 to a current price of $10.31. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, they've gone into a partnership with Renault, the French car company Renault, right, Trav? Mm -hmm. About providing lithium um, for their new fleet of electric cars. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think this whole thing with JP, JP Capital and um, the doom and gloom is going to subside. Um, and I think it's going to go up in the next seven days. And it won't be long until it gets back to those previous highs of $15. But 1031 entry. Um, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to beat your pick, which, geez, it could have been a diamond hand stock, Trav, AGL. <laughs> yes, well, I was, I was looking through my charts and trying to work out, okay, well, where's, where's the money beginning to flow? And I went and checked all of the uh, ASX sector charts. And the, there, was, there were a couple that stood out to me, but the one that really caught my attention was the uh, utilities index and the code for that if you're going to look it up is XUJ and I couldn't believe it when I looked at the chart because the utilities index this is the Australian market of course the utilities index uh, literally broke out yesterday uh, from lows it's, it's one of the only sectors that's really struggled and probably because it is a defensive uh, index and a defensive sector within the Australian stock exchange 
So then I went and had a look at, okay, well, what stocks are in that uh, utilities index? And uh, I looked at Origin, I looked at, uh, what was it, Osnet, and a few others, but the one that really stood out to me with an opportunity was AGL Energy, that's the code AGL. It's at $5.38, and I do believe that the downside might actually be priced in for this stock. I think I remember seeing or oh, a number of months ago that AGL announced they were going to split the business. And, uh, you know, I think the market's been trying to price that in ever since. You know, on the chart, we've got a buy signal. It's oversold in all time frames, uh, except perhaps the really short, you know, one hour, 15 minute, five minute charts. Uh, so I reckon this could be a serious gainer in the short term as even if we just get a bounce, because we're talking about, a, you know, a five day trading period. And that's the aim is to try and beat the bank. So it's, it's AGL Energy. I like it. I think it's going places. All right. Look forward to seeing the results of that next week. Uh, that's just about it for this week's podcast. Um, check out our Facebook page if you get a chance, guys, the Two Lost Traders Facebook page. And it'd be great if you could share the podcast with your friends if you're enjoying it. And um, we'll check in with you next week. 